Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lepondra looking to get caught side of Bond. Lepondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points ready. Hello and welcome to the Empire Rules podcast sponsored by Blue Collar Street Food. A second game in a row where Reading have played quite well. Hall, what's going on? I don't know. It's some kind of sorcery, isn't it? Uh, none of us were expecting this. Only last week we were talking about Paul Lins, what a disaster he's been. Definitely had enough of him. Now he's the saviour. You've got to love football, haven't you? And uh, Jacob, you did did predict a little bit of an upset from listening to the preview. So I'm <laughs> no. glad you got that one right. I was honestly, on, Alex. The pressure is on for next time. I was so fearful because I never, ever predicted a win. And then Jonathan Lowe went and predicted a win as well. So I was like, oh, I think I've done a bad thing here. Um, but no, actually, my hubris didn't come back to bite us all in the bum. In fact, I, I was so excited by a win that I've only just come back from my 24-hour bender after the win. So um, so so I cannot be held responsible for anything I say on this podcast. Doing this, doing this with alcohol still flowing through his veins. And... Matt, you're joining us, and I think this might be the first time you've ever discussed a win on the podcast, so that's got to be a good feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Buzzing for the win. I'm not quite sure I'm on the Paul Ince religion. He's saviour, everything uh, uh, bus that Paul's on, but uh, buzzing for the win. Yeah, I think we're all still... Still, still, still on quite a high. Not quite as high as, as Jacob potentially, but I, I got to say something, man. I got to say something. I am not on the Paul Lynn's religious bucket. <laughs> yeah, you are. Like, yeah, you are. Like, <laughs> I can't let that go. He's like, he's done well in the last couple of games, and I hope he does. But Matt, don't slander me yet. <laughs> it's like we'll, we'll come on. We'll come on to the Paul. <laughs> we'll like, come on to the Paul Lynch, Paul Lynch scenario situation at some point in this podcast, because there's definitely been a little bit of stick for both of the inces uh, coming from here. So we'll, we'll, we'll come back to them. Uh, but before kickoff yesterday, Jacob, same same lineup. And the only real change that we saw was that John Swift was back, but he was on the bench. Probably the right move, given that he's still getting over his illness. Yeah, and uh, as we have come to expect with with um, Paul Ince, Ince Senior, as I will refer to him from henceforth, um, he doesn't seem to throw people back into the mix very quickly, as we've seen with Mate, because it looks like Mate might not get more than five minutes for rules ever again. Um, but uh, yeah, so Swift started on the bench, but it wasn't long until he came on, of course, and um, to a great reception from the home fans, I must add. But uh, yeah, I was... I was intrigued. Um, we were talking about how he doesn't seem to have much of an identity yet, but Jonathan Lowe and I were talking on the midweek podcast about how he seems to be favouring this four-four-one-one, where Laurent, good old Josh Laurent, will come on to speak about in a second, I'm sure, um, almost partnering Zhao in the attack. So that was the main eyebrow razor for me going into the game. But by God, did it pay off. Yeah, we uh, that's the first half. I mean, the first half, Paul, was probably one of the best halves of football I've seen from Reading. And I, to a man, I couldn't fault any of the Reading players except for the fact that we didn't actually score. I guess you mean the context of this season. 
In the context of this <laughs> no, season, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, better than any of the 106 seasons. Anything, yeah. Better than anything. <laughs> yeah, in the context that, of this season alone, that was probably one of the best halves of football I've seen yeah, from Reading. No, that would have been a mammoth shout there, Alex. And I just wanted to be clear on that. because, um, uh, Yeah, no, definitely. We had chances. Uh, Blackburn made a pretty decent start in the first 15, 20 minutes, but it wasn't exactly a barrage of shots on our goal and Nyland dealt with it all fine. But then we came into it and we had kind of a lot of chances when we should have scored. And I'm sure we're going to like talk about them in more depth. But kind of reassuring when you're playing against a team that are doing so well, like Blackburn. And I know they've been terrible away. Now I think seven consecutive away games when they haven't scored. But you don't want to be that team that starts their runoff again when they start scoring away from home. And we all kind of felt and dreaded that happening, I would say, Alex. But yeah, you've got to say pretty good. Yeah. I mean, the, the, as you said, the first 15 minutes or so, I would say it was fairly even. Um, they had one chance from kind of maybe the edge of the area, which they put wide. And But after that, the first half, Matt, was all one-way traffic. And the first real chance that Reading had was Tomins taking the ball down in the box after a, a pretty good move, really, from combining with Ajaria, uh, Ajaria and McIntyre on the left-hand side. Do you think he should do better once he controls the ball? Because he's, I mean, what is he, and six yards out here? Off with. It's it's a great touch to get him into the six-yard box. Um, so should he do better? I don't know. We always say, like, you've got to get it on goal. Um, and whenever someone, you know, misses it, doesn't get it on goal, um, that's the most infuriating thing. He did get a shot on target, so you I can't give him too much uh, stick, really. The keeper's made a great save. You know, nine times out of ten, it goes in, and the keeper's made a great save. Um, but, you know, in the lead-up to the 15 minutes beforehand, it, it was, I'd say, leaning more Blackburn. Um, but until their uh, right wing-back got injured, I don't know what minute it was, or 20 minutes in, uh, he was doing everything. Um, and then it just suddenly switched, and we all just clicked in, and we were having a very good half after that. Yeah, the game did change when I uh, I really don't know the name of the player who came off, um, but yeah, their their right wing back came off probably. I think it must have been after about twenty minutes or so, and the the game did change on that moment because of the fact that Ajaria was allowed a little bit more space out wide, and as you say, I think. Once Ince gets a shot away on target there, the keeper's done well. And let's be honest, the Blackburn keeper did have a really, really good game. And because by all accounts, Jacob, Reading could have been further ahead um, because the next chance that Reading had, John Swift, who by this point has come on for Andy Rinomota, who's injured. We'll discuss Andy Rinomota in a second. But John Swift's come on to to replace him and he's put a great cross in for Lucas Shout And... At the time, I thought this was a bit more of a contested header. But watching the highlights today, this is a this is a free header for Lucas Shaw. Yeah, and uh, talk about an instant impact from from Swift. It was it was you know he should have put it away. And I think that was the main takeaway from the first half is that so often Reading have, have flattered and have threatened and and then you think oh god if we get to half time and we haven't scored here you you start to doubt our chances of, of getting something but you know like Paul was saying it was you know one way traffic for for parts where you know we talked about Ince you know having his chance and you know as as much as I slowly kind of consolidated the fact that I like Ince up until that goal that he scored against Bournemouth midway he's never had an end product for us and um that that definitely continued in first half against um against the Rovers but but yeah so the minute that that doesn't go in and Giles doesn't go and you think start to think oh god it's gonna be one of those days again but um as we'll come on to talk about later you know we kept that momentum going and um but Swift when he came on he he I don't know what it was he just lifted not just the crowd but the players as well all of a sudden looked a little bit more serious about getting a result when he came on um, so maybe a bit of a blessing in disguise that it was introduced so early. Obviously, we hope that Renham Hot is all right, but but yeah, great. Um, and he just make we say it every week, but he just makes things tick. And um, I can forgive Zhao for um, for missing those kind of opportunities when you know it wasn't the only one, as it turns out that 
that that we had in the game. So so yeah, and then poor. I mean, bring on talking about the second half because oh, it just you can tell from the way I'm talking. I'm still just delighted with the way things went, lads. Yeah, That's the second half. Really. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was going to say about the John Swift point. When he comes on the pitch, all the other players start believing. I completely agree with what Jacob was saying. You could see it. It was visible. The crowd as well. And when you put those two together, also, it completely threw Blackburn. They weren't ready for him to come on. And that really affected the last 20 minutes of the first half because they set up for a plan of him not playing. And all of a sudden, he's on the pitch. They'd also been affected by their right back going off, as we mentioned earlier. And I just, the link-up play he's got is just fantastic with Lucas Jow. And you can see it, it really helps Ajari having him back in the team alongside him as well, because you've got two players on a similar kind of like wavelength. Swift, Ajari, Jow. There's no one else in that bottom three. They've got players like that. And if you get them all on the pitch, we are very dangerous. And I feel very confident that we can move forward. And if Blackburn had done their homework, I suppose, they would have thought that, Ince is not going to bring Swift on until, what, 80th minute, 85th minute? Um, so, yeah, it probably was a blessing in disguise that he's forced to make that sub because he wouldn't have done it until yeah. way too late. And, uh, you know, the game might have been gone by then. Yeah, it, obviously it was the earliest sub we've seen from uh, from Paul Ince so far. And I think, well, you've got to hope that Rinomota's injury isn't too serious. It, I think it was an ankle injury potentially from the similar similar to what he had earlier in the season, but hopefully it's not quite serious. Um, you know, thankfully we've got the international break, so you at least get the opportunity to kind of like evaluate that and not I think someone I think the manager said afterwards in senior, as Jacob will call him from uh, going forward, we will take that moniker for him. Uh he said he's hoping it's not as bad as he thought it was initially. But they'll obviously have to go through the scanning and everything. So they'd probably be out for nine months knowing Reading FC, won't they? I hope not. I it, really wouldn't, it wouldn't but... be it wouldn't be Reading without, you know, picking up a, a critical injury to one of our midfielders in the running. But yeah, we'll have to see. It's, it's somebody somebody will uh, I'm so sure we'll hear something next week around around his injury. Uh, hopefully it's not nine months, as Paul's saying, because uh yeah, Renovator's already missed a good chunk of the season so far. Um so it would be it would be nice to have him in the running. Of course, the chances carried on coming in the first half, Paul, because Josh Lauren, who, I mean, let's just talk about Josh Lauren actually for a second here. Paul, Josh Lauren yesterday, that was his best game of the season, bar none. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't think it's been his best season. There's been lots of issues going on with who he's been playing with, injuries. He, he might have had COVID. Who knows what's going on in there in his personal life as well. Team hasn't been great, so that hasn't helped him. But... Yeah, yesterday he was fantastic. Um, even without the goal, he was good. So when you add that as well, it's like the icing on top with the cherry, with the double cherry, with chocolate, with sauce on top, sprinkles. Sp everything. Sprinkles, yeah. I was going to say, can't miss the sprinkles. Yeah, he was. But if you want to talk about that chance that he had, it's actually easier than the one he scored. But that's this is what happens in football. It's a lovely link up from Jow, plays into Swift. Swift is a nice flick, as John Swift does. And you think, if he gets that in either corner, he's probably going to score. But we're sat here talking about it. Doing it on the pitch is a lot harder. When you haven't scored a goal all season, maybe next time he's in that position, it'd be a little bit calmer. I mean, I thought it was going top corner. Like, watching it from the stands, I thought, brilliant shot. Really, really good shot. And I thought, the keeper's just made another good save. And I was like, the keeper is just he's having an incredible game for them. Um which, you know, Blackburn haven't conceded many goals. As as you discussed with Rovers chat, Jacob, they if they score, they win a lot of their games. That's kind of their 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 moniker this season, is that they can hold on to those one nil leads because of the fact that their defence and their keeper are good. Yeah, and I don't think they're expecting us to go ahead. And I know we're not there yet. I'm getting ahead of myself again. But when Laurent leathered that first chance he had, he absolutely honed it. He cannoned it into the keeper. And I thought, oh, well, and, and to be honest, it's kind of in keeping with how Laurent has been since getting back into the team because he is he's industrious. And we were missing that in the first part of the season. You know, the fact that he's, you know, he's a bustler, he's a harrier and, we just were missing that Laurent for so, so, so long this year. And now he's back and it feels great because he's been, you know, we, we've all said rightly best Laurent performance of the season, but he's been building up to it because I thought he was 
I thought it was quite, I mean, obviously we got tonked against Forrest, I know, but he was all right against Forrest, I thought. He was brilliant in midweek against Bournemouth. And he just, I mean, it's between Laurent and, and Nyland who we're going to talk about in a second as well for man of the match. But Laurent, what an asset to have back in the team. Just brilliant. And his energy all game as well. He was running, I think, pretty much till 90th minute from box to box. Um, and when you put him, I think you you really notice it when you put him right next to Danny Drinkwater, who is not a box to box midfielder and running around and energy and things. And you really notice uh, the pressing from Lauren all the way up the pitch, um, which just forces the team just to push up and to be slightly more positive with, with how we're going. That was the one thing I noticed about Josh Lauren yesterday is the amount of running he did, the amount of times you saw him kind of like high up the field, pulling back. You never saw him in the same place. And yes, maybe that could be seen as a negative in some ways. But at the same time, you need a player like that who's going to harass, who's going to harry, who's going to pressure. And he did it so well yesterday. I did enjoy Paul Ince comparing Josh Lawrence to himself there. Just a little bit of that. Uh, <laughs> actually? A little bit. Of, I did enjoy that. Oh, like, did, you, did you guys as well sit on the subject of um, Ince comparing uh, Reading players, not just to himself, but also his his offspring? Uh, did you see how, oh yeah, it was a wonder goal from, from Lauren, but it takes a bit of the gloss off Tom's goal from midweek. And I was like, <laughs> oh, come on, Paul. Like, I'm not saying it's ancient history, but that's done now. I mean, great point. But like, yeah, all right, your son can't be in the limelight every week. Just give it a uh, Josh, Josh Lauren, the governor, as he as he's, I'm, I'm sure, going to be naming himself in the dressing room. There's psychology on. there from Paul Ince, though, isn't it? It's very basic, but it works with players, though. It does. If they, because I mean, Paul Ince was a great player in the Premier League. There's no doubt on that, and I'm sure Joss like look at that and think, yeah, come on. But also a little bit of him inside him will think, I quite like that. It gives him a little bit of a boost, and it's like a reward, isn't it? It's just like it's very simplistic, but basically, Paul Ince is just going to get some praise from me this week because I think he's proven in most of us wrong this week. See how it continues. So I'm not when you're doing well, I'm gonna say well done to him. So this is one thing that um Dave and Dave discussed on the podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think it was after the Forest game, around the fact that Reading Reading under Ince generally have set up with a game plan, and the game plan often hasn't worked because of the fact that we've gone out and conceded early. This game plan, you know, the High pressed in the first half, um, it worked really well. And I think you've got to give Int Senior a lot of credit here because the tactics that we set up with against Blackburn, we played a lot of direct football from the back over the top uh, because, and we basically were setting ourselves up to try and uh, take advantage, I guess, of the lack of pace of the on the right-hand side of Blackburn's back line. And Matt, we, we've spoke about it at the game. After that sub in the first half, Reading basically used the, uh, you know, they, they took advantage of it. On the left. Yeah, yeah, they mean, took advantage and they were trying to put it over the top. Absolutely. And, and, and Jari was latching onto those. And, uh, and and Jao as well, to be fair. He was doing a lot of running over the top to get to them. Um, yeah, I think they're... We can't do that game plan against every team. You know, not every uh, defence has a centre-back that slow uh, as Blackburn did. But when you do have it, and they were playing quite a high line as well, um, it was it was perfect and it read it so well. They're just over the top. Ajario grabs the ball, get in the box, put the ball in, and then hope for the best. Obviously, Jao, free header, doesn't get it. But you're never going to take Jao off, even if he's having a bad game. Um, one so, thing... Yeah. It's one thing that I think Reading have really lacked this season is is lining up to try and take advantage necessarily of yeah. what their opponents' deficiencies have been, or even adapting to it in game. They haven't done that well this season. And also, it's it's not just the you know taking stock of the opposition's deficiencies and and taking advantage. It's also about taking advantage of the resources that we have at our disposal. Because I know we've been absolutely plagued by injuries, especially in the first half of this, well, first two thirds of the season, really. But now all of a sudden, if you look at the bench we had at the weekend, first time we've been able to field an entire bench of, of seniors in something stupid, like over 600 days, I think I saw 
some reading account tweet didn't didn't independently go through and count and verify that claim myself but um all of a sudden we've got players who are quite pacey even players that haven't really been getting a lot of ma- uh, minutes at the moment like brandon barker remember him um but you know the fact that ince is all of a sudden maybe a bit more willing than panovic was to to go a bit more direct even though it's you know you could say oh it's a bit more of an archaic brand of football it's working well i mean this week we've got results against playoff teams and auto teams in the automatic hunt and and uh, just putting balls over the top i think there's a difference to that sort of playing the ball to the likes of ijari and jab that we saw yesterday and when it didn't work against a team like forest so i know there's a time and place for it but you know, just good to see from it. And I think there's a bit of credit we can give him there, like Paul was saying. Annoyingly, the actual system would work for a player like Puskas in in behind over the top. Um, and we, Let's we not almost, start this. No, I can't get onto this. this. He's not even here. Justice He's not for the George. We're not, Justice we're not for George. <laughs> don't go there, Matt. Don't do that. We, like, we, don't not... do an, we don't want to go there again. <laughs> you know? I'll, I, listen, Next. lads, I will fly to Italy and bring him back. I'll get him on the next. I'll get him on the next easyJet flight from Pisa to Luton. All right, and we'll see. We'll put this. To we're, the not, test. We're, we're not going over the George Puskas debate until at least the end of the season because if Puskas get promoted and they have to sign him, then the, the debate's over and it won't I matter do. anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> pace though, I will, we'll add that we Jaria second half he was off pace uh, in in the second half and and not a lot started to go through him and this taking Ajaria off was a good shout. Probably wouldn't have brought Hoyler on. I'm not quite. We were discussing it in the game. I'm not quite sure what Hoylet's what his thing is. Is it he's super fast, super strong, can take a touch? What is it? I'm not 100 certain yet. And I think it was been dying out for Mate to have come on that 15 minutes earlier and having those balls over the top and running onto things. Uh, we could have dominated more. I. I reckon they brought on Hoylet. I think Ince, again, just showing that he's a total mastermind beyond our meagre mortal comprehension. I reckon he brought on Hoylet just to rattle the Blackburn fans because I was talking to a Rovers chat midweek and uh, it, let's just say that um, Junior Hoylet is uh, is not a popular man in those parts because of some contractual shenanigans when, when they're in the Premier League and... Um, in 2008, I want to say. but uh, So, yeah, I reckon he brought on Hoylet just to get in their heads and just to get the, the Blackburn fans on his back. And again, a total masterstroke. So, well done, Paul. I mean, talking of talking of opposition fans not liking our players at the minute, I think Ince has now been in charge for, what, four or five games, maybe six, and at least three of them he's got history against and the opposition fans have either booed him or, or Tom Ince. Uh so there's definitely like I feel like there's definitely some kind of championship hatred growing here for Reading now. If we uh, if he's still here uh, during the summer for the start of next season, can we definitely play West Ham in a friendly? Because the love between <laughs> Paulin and West Ham fans is well known. They, 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 they it's a bit. It's just like an absolute. It's like the Kama Sutra of love, basically. Those two, isn't it? Yeah. Amazing. That would love to he, see. He that. he very much plays the pantomime character, Paul Ince, I think. Um he, he, he might it. not mean to. He might not mean no, to. He, he loves does. it. Oh, I he think, loves yeah. abuse. I, he lives off abuse. He loves it. He, he wants does, to does seem to thrive off it all the he? time. And he's done it a lot. So, you know, he's been very successful at doing it, hasn't he? Um, managerial is debatable still. I'm not gonna jump on that religious horse like we mentioned earlier, but you never know. Maybe he will be a good manager for us and he's he's done okay so in the last week. If he can and take it, the pressure away from the squad and take that heat, then fine, great. That that's what he's there for. When it then doesn't work and he's this pantomime character and it's not working, then you're like, it's this is stupid. But at the moment, if he can take the pressure away, the players can then just get out there, perform, do what they need to do. Fine. Uh, yeah. Happy with it. And arguably, they definitely did perform that first half very, very well, except for the, you know, last most important bit of actually scoring a goal. We'll come on to that, thankfully, uh, in the second half. But Blackburn definitely improved in the second half, Paul. Um, they had definitely more chances. They, they, Let's be honest, they were just better all round. And the first save, which Nyland, 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 I think I've decided on 
in Ireland. Um, the first save he makes is is a pretty good save because the although it looks like it's kind of straight at him, I think it's it's still a tough one to make. Yeah, uh, you mean the one in the top corner, kind of like heading towards top there. corner-ish, right? Top yeah, it's not right in the top corner, but that's a powerful shot, isn't it? I mean, I think that's from Gallagher, who then goes on to make the horrendous miss. I think it was, and you just think, would other goalkeepers have made that at the moment? I'm not sure. Maybe Southwood would have, but I just felt a bit more assured with him in goal at the moment. It's only been two games, but I'm not seeing massive areas. Errors, sorry, that I'm thinking. That's a worry. I'm seeing good saves. I'm seeing a lot of shouting at our defenders, which they need. Let's be honest. They need it on and second every single second of the game they need it. I remember when Martinez first came in and he absolutely butchered our defenders. Every single game he'd be right in there is all the way through. And he did a great job. But yeah, I don't think he's going to be quite as good as Emmy. But that yeah, it's a quality save and game-changing one. Tell you what. Um, Nyland. By the way, from my Norwegian mate insists that it's Uhan Nilon, apparently. So, but we'll call him Nyland. Um, and what he has that Southwoods doesn't currently have because he's a more tender age. He's got gravitas. He's got presence, and he 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 dominates his box a little more than any other keeper that's currently in the club. I'm, I know the whole keeping department's been a bit of a revolving door, especially with what Raphael punching a whiteboard. Carl Hine carving up his his hands with some kitchen cutlery, I don't know, uh, or having some other domestic accident. Um, but so far, early early assessment from me on Nyland, like Paul was saying, not as worried as as I have been by other Reading goalkeepers to pull on the, the goalkeeping shirt this season. So keep that up, please, Erhan. Well, it is the, you know, he is a championship goalkeeper, let's be honest. He's played in the Championship, he's played in the Premier League, he's had the experience, and we've basically been able to pick him up on a free with, what, 12 games left, 10 games left whenever he joined. Um, and he's better than what we've got. It's a pretty, you know, it, it's a great time to be able to make a signing like that. And I said it to, to Matt yesterday while we were at the game. If he's available... In summer, and he wants to still be here after summer. Reading should be trying to sign him up long term now. Agreed. Next season. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, on on Southwood, I would love to see Southwood playing in a sense of he's you know he's Reading player. We don't, yeah, we we can all, we all know that he's an academy player, and that, yeah, like it's and I don't know if given, right Southwood's performances over the last ten games, whatever it was when he was playing were a product of the defence or the defence was a product of him not being able to organise the defence properly. And we'll never know until, well, I suppose we'll just never know, but Nyland's definitely done a good job of coming in, screaming at the defence, collecting the balls and and even just some of the game management rounds uh, near the end where just stop wasting time when he needs to and happy to get the yellow. He didn't get a yellow. I didn't see him get the yellow, but happy to just waste enough time, uh, take the ball out to the edge of the box before kicking it, that sort of stuff where he's just got that experience that we need in a relegation fight. Flipping love those long throws as well. He can he can lob it 60 yards. <laughs> yeah, smikelish. Yeah. I remember when he used to do that. Amazing. Uh, maybe it's like the ins kind of impetus. It's like giving them that special power since he's known him. It's like maybe he didn't have that two <laughs> weeks ago. Maybe it's but, a Scandi thing. Yeah, maybe it yeah. is. Honestly, having, having, having been over there, lads, they get their kids out in the playground and just like launch balls like trebuchets, like medieval warfare. Um, Very well known for throwing the javelin. Yes, yeah, there you go. There. There's a stereotype. <laughs> There's some tran- transferable skills. There you go. <laughs> but one thing I will be doing is going back a bit and listening to the correct pronunciation of his name, our Norwegian goalie genius. Nilan. I'm not even going to say it again because I don't want to muck it up again. So I will Nilan. be listening. Nilan. I <laughs> hope. Uh, if you're wrong, did, then... we will come for you. <laughs> oh, please do. Please do. Please hold me accountable. I'm I'm like half not from England myself. So, you know, I'm the I'm like the international correspondent for Elm Park Royals. You should come to me. Yeah. We did see him then make another really good save. And this Matt was a chance which almost mirrored the Tom Ince chance in the first half, the Bradley Dak. 
Uh, Bradley Dak finds himself what six yards out, and the shot from him is is in all honesty, the shot is pretty poor. Um, I, I thought at the time, I thought, oh, that's a fantastic save. It's a brilliant save. It, but the shot is really bad. Um, and then the rebound from Gallagher falls over. We'll come on to that in a second. Yeah. But the shot itself and the save from Nealon. The, the, the shot was poor, really. I mean, we used the same justification in the first half with Tom Edinson today. He got it on target. He did what he was needed to do. But I thought it was a little bit of a poor shot. Um, but hey, Nylon made the save. He did his job. Um, the follow- I mean, on Dak as well, he had a poor game. Um, I didn't really see him do much for what's what meant to be you know, one of their biggest best players, really, Dak. And I think he's- um, he's he's been out of the side for a little while now. I was speaking to Rovers Chat midweek and okay. he's had his injury problems. Uh, in fact, they were saying how very rarely, because we had a question in <laughs> on Twitter from somebody saying, could you tell the difference between Bradley Dak and uh, Ben Brereton Diaz from 100 metres? And I put that question to Rovers Chat and they said, well, we don't actually know because they haven't really played together yet. So I get the impression that they ha- that the, the Rovers fans haven't seen a lot of... Um, of that this season, and I agree with you, Matt. I, I didn't really think he was he was much yesterday. Yeah, he just sort of he he was in the faces of a lot of players, in the faces of the ref, and he was chatting away all game. Um, but he didn't do anything. Um, but going back to the chance, uh, yeah, gets it on target. Great save from Nila Nila, however we're saying his name. Um, the follow up though from Gallagher. That's why they've not scored in six, seven get away games. So he you've got to be scoring there. He just has to he just has to just touch it basically and it goes in. Um and those are the sorts of goals where we've seen for the past three months our players laying on the floor, there's a rebound, and we're all there like for God's sake, what's happened again? Um but I don't know if you know it's luck turning. I, I don't know, but then it was great for the defenders just to get their bodies on the line in front of it. Um, and just get it out. Uh, Paul, you raised this yesterday after it happened uh, in our in our WhatsApp chat. Probably and potentially the biggest moment of the season there. Um, I think you actually maybe put it on Twitter. Uh, Sam Gallagher falling over at nil nil when we've played really well up to that point. If we go on and go one nil down in that game, this the rest of the season could look very very different for Reading. First of all, I was really worried when you brought up the WhatsApp group because who knows what I could have said in there. <laughs> it's like, who knows? That, that That's not for general broadcast, that one. Um, yeah, I think that's the best moment of the season, the Gallagher moment. Um, honestly, that it could be the defining moment. If he scores there, it flattens everything, flattens the team. We're then two points, probably, I bet we don't, wouldn't have scored, only two points away from Barnsley. We then don't have the amazing moment from Josh Lawrence. The euphoria that you get coming out of the ground, the atmosphere at the end, the real good bounce that you're going into that game through the international break that we can now maintain. And just everything feels a lot calmer. If we'd have lost that game, oh dear, it would have been absolutely horrific. So that moment is could, could be, I don't want to go too early, but it could be the defining moment. And, just looking at it, it just reminds me of another event that happened at Barnsley last time we played there, and that was our defining moment. But yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, that's it. If that goal had gone in, well, goal. If the shot had gone in, it would have been a painful two weeks waiting for Barnsley. The pressure would have been on the team, and I don't think we would have gone to Barnsley. And I mean, we don't know what's going to happen yet in the future, but we wouldn't have gone in a good state to Barnsley. Um, and for two weeks looking over our shoulders, I would not have been happy with that. Thankfully, the defining moment was yet to come because Josh Lauren pulls out an absolute worldie of a goal here. Absolute worldie. The 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 run from Swift to put a cut back in uh, to the box is a pretty good run from Swift. I mean, he doesn't necessarily make the goal because Josh Lauren, let's be honest, has done all of maybe 90% of the work himself here. Uh, but Paul, just does that goal remind you of a, a certain goal that we scored against Blackburn from Danny Williams a few years ago? It's not obviously the same, but like another worldie that we've got from a central midfielder against Blackburn. 
Yeah, well, it seems to happen. I noticed the chat um, that was going on Twitter during the game. I think it was Matt Willinson and Ben Morley had both been on the pod, obviously, involved at different levels. And uh, saying the amount of goals he's scored against Blackburn from outside the box is crazy. Nelson Oliveira was another one that I remembered. We just love them from there. And Josh Laurent did it, I think it was last season, at Ewood Park, scored from outside the box as well. He obviously loves playing against them. But let's just talk about that goal. That was such a magical moment. Um, <laughs> just seeing that loop over the goalie. I mean, how many of us thought, okay, that's going over the bar. Don't shoot, Josh. Don't shoot. What a fucking beauty. Always believed in you. <laughs> Always knew that was going in. Never thought that was going to go anywhere else but in the top corner. But yeah, just magical seeing it going in. And it, it made my weekend, I've got to say. And I'm sure the atmosphere in there was just amazing and kind of after that Blackburn didn't really do much as well which is even more enjoyable it, yeah oh just the the word that came to mind when I saw it fly in was swaz because oh uh, in fact there was a tweet on uh, that I saw immediately after it went in from uh, our good friend uh, Kingsley Royal well friend you know unofficial mascot um and he said, um, in the he absolutely f star starred that in. Am I allowed? He absolutely fucked that in, and he did absolutely. Honestly, I don't know. If it's one of those goals that on FIFA it's speculative, and you sort of. This is more for the sort of younger generation listening at home. But if you're outside the area and you hold down r1 or right bumper and just put like the right amount of power on outside the area and just whoop, it's one of those goals that. Colin Murray was saying it on um, the EFL show. It's a goal that gets better the more you see it. And honestly, I reckon I'm up to triple digits for the amount of replays it's got in this household. It's an absolute bloody beauty. I don't know if um, Paul Ince has said, lads, this week you're only allowed to score worldies. But that goal that Lawrence scored yesterday, and I'll tell you what, the the hit that that his, his son Tom Ince had midweek against the Cherries, we've scored some beauties this week, lads. I mean, that, that goal was, I was out with a load of non-Reading fans last night and a Barnsley fan as well. And I had to just be like, did you see the Reading goal? And I think I played it about four times to them going like, just let me replay it again. Like, just look at how that goes. It's a fantastic goal. And as Colin was saying on TV, sexy goal. That's a sexy, sexy goal. He, he's Pure right. He's a sexy Pure goal. Sex. Yeah. That was adult, that was adult content, that. That shouldn't be allowed on. I don't know what time Quest is on, but it must be after nine o'clock because that was that was naughty. That really was. And I just love watching it again. I've, I've probably watched it about 10 or 15 times while we've been recording the podcast so far. Um, I, massive credit to Josh Lawrence here because he picks the ball up and controls it with the instep of his foot. And, you know, as Jacob said, he absolutely fucked it in right into the top corner. But he's done it with his sidestep. He's not even had to put his laces for it. Like, how you get that power behind the ball with the sidestep is incredible. It's such a good goal. I enjoy how he said afterwards, Josh Lyon, that now I know how it feels to be Josh John Swift for 30 seconds. <laughs> it's kind of like, <laughs> it's a kind of John Swift kind of goal. Yeah. Yeah, John, if John Swift. Jow, if Jow scored, he would have had about 100 Instagram stories of him scoring it. <laughs> or more. Or more. <laughs> yeah, John John Swift and Lucas Jow both would have been proud of that one, I think. And, Paul, you mentioned it um, way back when we started discussing this fantastic goal. Blackburn didn't do anything after this. And massive credit has to go to the defence here. Because I think Blackburn had one shot. Um, I saw Tyler then tweet it out last night. They had one shot after, and it was from 25 yards or something. It, like game management, absolutely spot on. And if you were to have said, I don't know, a month ago, that Reading's game management in their next game when they're going to be winning is is going to be perfect and no complaints, I would have laughed in your face. Yeah, totally. I mean. I always go back to the stat that it's now seven games away from home that Blackburn haven't scored. So you've got to put it in that context. But yeah, you take that brilliant, isn't it? Because normally you'd be you'd be shitting it, wouldn't you? Let's be honest. If you're a Reading fan, you're looking at that and you're thinking, oh, for fuck's sake, where is this going? Uh, if we let in a goal here, we could still lose this game. Even though we've scored in the 84th minute, my first reaction was, 
let's not lose. <laughs> let's not lose. I, I, so, I, I looked, I looked at the table. Is, I mean, I want to, obviously, I think we can win, but there's a bit of me thinking that because we've all been damaged by Reading giving away leads this season. But yeah, yeah, go on. Well, it's not just this season, is it? <laughs> it's, it's for years now, yeah. I mean, I, I looked at the table just after we'd scored and I was like, oh, look, look, look at this, look at this. We're five points clear. And immediately got told, don't look at the table. What are you doing? You're going to jinx it. We're going to concede. You do that all the time, doing? Alex. You do that all the time. You kill Reading that. FC with that. Can someone, just like, can someone confiscate Alex's phone while it's the game of football? I didn't check the table after that. I couldn't, couldn't jinx it. Um, I already did that with with the derby game earlier in the season. I'm fairly certain that was my fault. I apologise. Um, I just I felt like we were saying that full, full, full credit to the game management because, like, usually you know, Reading goal goes anything or you know, <laughs> how are we going to mess this one up? What creative way can we come We've up with? Scored this too week? early again, haven't we? <laughs> I know. Well, that's it. And and on it, like like you're saying. Blackburn was stifled. They had one shot, one very speculative effort from outside the area. Um, and and I thought to myself, is that all they produced in, in the second half? And then I went and read uh, the match report that Simeon Pickup put together after the game. And he's very handily included a shot map for Blackburn. Um, and they did, in fact, have that one long range. And that's it. And that's it. And that's all they could produce after Laurent basically just like sucked the oxygen out of out of them and it just just brilliant the way that honestly the, lads not often that we can say this about reading the defense had a good day the defense had a really really good day even yeah, people that we've been worried about in the past i mean tom holmes who's been a little suspect for a while tom holmes had a great game uh and you wonder as well whether it is be, in part because of the goalkeeper that they've got behind them now um whether we've just finally stumbled across by chance the right combination at the back but I don't think anyone had an off day in our defence. That, that no, I think the was... minutes of the game management was perfect from the defence of just stifling any ball that comes in. You know, even Holmes uh, pretty much wrestling the ball just completely out into the corner and letting the, it go off for a goal kick. The moment, yeah, that moment with Holmes when the ball was going down on the right-hand side. And Holmes tries to, like, shepherd the ball out from about 18 yards. And I'm standing in the, in the uh, Medeski stand saying... Just smash it into touch, put it out into the West Stand, into Rosie, and Holmes just shepherds it out from about the edge of the penalty area all the way out for a goal kick. And it's incredible. He does it perfectly. And then yeah. Nyland takes 45 seconds to go get the ball in front of the Blackburn fans, take it, put it all the way into, uh, into the box, and then uh, and take the goal kick. So it's, it's perfect game management. Yeah, Rosie, that's too much NFL, Alex. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I didn't want to say anything, but the minute I heard that, I just I wanted like, to God. say. I was yeah, like, what's become of the Empire Rules? Yeah, exactly. Gosh, it's just poor form. Poor form. <laughs> my, so my looking at the table, I, I mean, let's just discuss the end of the game. Matt, the atmosphere for the last five, six, seven minutes injury time, fantastic atmosphere because the Reading fans, you know, everybody in the stadium was was on their feet and it was, it was loud in there. At the end, oh, of the it's game. an incredible atmosphere. I feel like you're pulling on me because I left what with one minute to go in uh, in injury time, thinking I can't, I can't afford to see an equaliser. I'm going. I'm just, I can't do this. <laughs> um, but it was a fantastic atmosphere at the end, though. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, fingers crossed, it, it continues because winning on a Saturday, Jacob, is is top notch. I, we haven't done it for so long at home. It's, it sets, it was the first first it, Saturday win since October for Reading at home. Yeah. Honestly, you for, like you say, you just forget what it feels like. I mean, it sets the tone for the whole of your week, not just the weekend, the whole of your week. And I think that's why there's been such a malaise is that we've not really done it. At, that Like, Reading have always conspired to let us down at home at times this season. And, you know, just what a massive lift. Um, what a massive lift. Just to quickly touch back upon the atmosphere, we were saying midweek that one of the real points in our corner this year as fans has been the away atmosphere uh, has been brilliant. At any, at any away game I've been to this year, that they've got the back in, the players have had the back in away from home. And there was a little bit of that flavour in the home support yesterday as well. And we need to keep that up in the final eight fixtures, in the running. In the past, when we've been scrapping down at the bottom, like under Jose Gomez, um, I, I think of that atmosphere that we had at home against West Brom when we got that point to keep us up effectively. We need atmospheres like that from now until it's, until May now. 
it's united that's what it is when when you get the when you get the performance on the field like that from from the players the fans do back them and the fans do get behind them and it's it's a united atmosphere and you can hear it in the crowd and you can you can see it on the pitch as well that the 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 players are playing better atmosphere does build it it's just you know a result of it and you know fingers crossed that we've got what four or five home games left if it's if the atmosphere and the performances are like that you, you you're not going to rule Reading out of winning any of them, really. If Paul Ince can bring unity to the Reading FC fan base, that's a miracle. And we would take... Turn that. water into wine. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it would be astonishing, wouldn't it? And if he can do it on even a slightly consistent basis, we can be a solely different club. If we all go together in the same direction, it would be fantastic. And someone could sort out the owner spending in the money in the right direction as well. Even then we could become all of a sudden the championship. You don't know where you're going to go. And I'm just feeling optimistic. I just want to be upbeat, you know, on a Saturday night, you know, so I just want to be like happy about everything. So it's nice. It's nice to have an upbeat podcast. And we did have, I think this maybe is a little bit of good fortune yesterday because Reading were playing at 3pm yesterday. Obviously, as I discussed midweek, we are going to have to look at the results every single podcast. We're going to have to sit and go, okay, well, how did Barnsley do? How did Derby do? And thankfully, they both played at 12.30 yesterday and neither of them won. 12.30 kickoff, Barnsley playing Sheffield United. Um, By all accounts from reading on Twitter, they were the better team up until Sheffield United managed to score twice. And Derby managed to get a draw against Coventry, but hit the post in the last minute to not claim all three points. And we managed to increase the gap, Jacob. Yeah, we were saying on the midweek how the point we got against Bournemouth, whilst an important point, was really weird in many other ways in that, yes, it was a point, but the gap from Barnsley went from four points to two points. So we were celebrating because, you know, we deserved the point. We were worthy of it performance-wise. But mathematically, it didn't really do us many favours. Obviously, it could have been worse if we lost. But the bottom line was we needed to follow it up with a win against Blackburn. And we did. And we and we fulfilled that end of the bargain. And then all of a sudden, we're back up to five points. And like you say, we might have been thrown a bit of a bone with the way that the, the fixture timings played out with with the players going into the game, knowing that they had a massive opportunity. But Reading teams in the past, and especially this Reading team, haven't always seized that opportunity when it's been given to them. But we did. And that's the thing. So I think just optimism in that we, we followed up a good performance with an even better performance. And if we can just keep that going and keep picking up points... And we just got to keep that cushion and just just try and... Because the longer that the three teams below us stay below us, the more and more demoralised they're going to get. Because I saw Derby fans on Twitter saying, oh, that might be us gone now. And, you know, Barnsley fans will get more and more demoralised. And as cruel as it is, we just need to keep keep them in the in the kitchen, basically. Just keep, keep your foot on the throat the whole time. That's all you've got to do. Derby, Derby now, as you said, the Derby fans yesterday on social media... They're now eight points behind us. They played a game more than us. They've only got seven games left. I mean, they're going to have to pick up probably 15 points now to finish above us, uh, realistically. And that's if we only pick up six points. It's, it's going to be very difficult for Derby. Um, but let at the minute, the team just below us, Matt, Barnsley, our next opponents, they are five points behind us now with their loss yesterday. And it completely swings the direction of that Barnsley game, the results yesterday, because every every comment going up to the games on Saturday this week was that that Barnsley game is a must-win game for Reading. All of a sudden, with the results yesterday, I don't know if it is a must-win game anymore. And exactly. all of a sudden, for Barnsley, it now is a must-win game. It's exactly that. With, with Barnsley being five points behind, it for them, it's now must win. Um, they have to win that to have any chance now of staying up. And if, if they win, they've probably got a good chance then because uh, it's very close and um, we've just been clawed back. Um, for us now, though, don't give Barnsley the three points. Even if we get one point, fantastic. It's one less game to, uh, played uh, in the season to go. And you then start looking good chances uh, at, at us staying up. So 
yeah, it's all of a sudden gone from must win to just don't lose. Paul, uh, the the game against Barnsley, obviously, in a couple of weeks' time, is is still two weeks away. So I'm not going to ask you for a score prediction, but for you, if we beat Barnsley, do you think that's pretty much it? I give a score prediction. We're going to win. Um, I think we'll be Barnsley. He's going bold. No, no, I'm going bold. I'm he's going done bold. A, he's, going. You're doing a Clinton Morrison. You, you <laughs> come out with a bold prediction that might explode in your face. What have you done? Oh, I do this every week, Jacob. Prediction. <laughs> so, I'm going to go prediction for 3-1. 3-1 to Reading, and I'm going to have Lucas Jow scoring, getting rid of that issue he had that we didn't really want to bring up, which I did slightly earlier. Yeah, I think we'll go there because Barnsley are not that great. I know they're doing okay at home recently. It's been quite impressive, that record. But I don't know. I just got a feeling that we've got a little bit of momentum now and I just think we've got a better team. So, yeah, I'm feeling if we go there and win, it's over. And I think we will win. All right, we're going to smash it. 4-0. I'm I'm putting it out there. We're going to win 4-0. Keeps us up. We're done. Uh, International break now for two weeks. Good. Stress-free for two weeks after a win. <laughs> as simple as that. Is, it's, it's, it's is, a there any, is, is there any better? Uh, there is a better time, obviously, because we would love to... I think we'd all love to be playing Barnsley in, you know, next weekend. Mm-hmm. But, unfortunately, two-week break. Uh, here we go. I'm, and, just looking, I'm just looking forward to being able to put my feet up and not do the preview pop for two weeks, lads. It's going to be great. <laughs> Think of all that time I've got back now, all those 40 precious minutes during the week that I can spend doing anything else. Get out into the sun. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll be, you know? In fact, they're, we'll they're going to actually send me down to the Barnsley training ground like Marcelo Bielsa and spy on them from a bush. And then I'm going to put yeah. together a PowerPoint presentation for Paul Ince. That's what I'm going to spend my international break doing. Don't tell them, Jacob. Don't tell them. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, we, we, we message we message these jobs in private to Jacob, and he's just blurting them out on the podcast. But you know, fingers crossed that that presentation does get its way to Paul Ince Senior, uh, because that would that would be very useful. Uh, so, Jacob, your mission is uh, your mission is simple. Thank you. Wish me luck. I'm I'm going to do a crown crowd funder after the podcast for a ghillie suit, like one of those sniper outfits. And uh, and if anyone could also pay my bus fare up to Barnsley, that'd be um, also greatly appreciated. So, you know, no excuse. I've I've given you two weeks to put the money together. So you know, and expenses as well. Motorway service station. Thank you. So if you have if you have enjoyed the podcast, do donate to Jacob's crowdfunder, um, but also do subscribe to Elm Park Royals on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Drop a comment on there. We really appreciate anything that you, uh, any comment or any rating that you fancy giving us. We do appreciate ones which are five star. You know, we do appreciate those ones more than the four, three. You know, we do appreciate the five star ones most. So go ahead and leave yourself a five star review on on your podcast provider. We'll be back before the Barnsley game with Jacob discussing the Barnsley match, the absolute six pointer that it is set to be. And then we will be back after the Barnsley game with a podcast straight after the game. Fingers crossed that it results in three points for Reading and pretty much seals our championship status for next season. After a fantastic win yesterday, enjoy your international break and we will speak to you all very soon.